This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome, everyone. I hope you're doing well and having a great day. So today I've got Brett Gilliland with me. How are you doing, Brett? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. So I just, I wanted to have Brett on here because he's accomplished so much at a young age, right? So just to give you some background, he's the CEO and co-founder of Visionary Wealth Advisors. You know, he runs a firm. He's got a financial planning practice. You know, he started the Circuit of Success, Pod, Circuit of Success podcast, puts out some amazing content there. We've got the Circuit of Success Summit we've done for two or three years in the past. You know, he's extremely involved in the community, he runs Swing for Hope. Uh, both he and his wife run that organization where they give back to cancer research and then their community. You know, they've got three to four charity events they do every year. I mean, I could go on and on all day about this guy. So I guess, you know, Brett, just hearing all that, you know, as a, as a young 20-something, you know, would you thought back then you'd be where you are today? Um, it's a good question. And it's good to be with you, Dan. And, and you didn't talk about my hardest job. That's, What's that? Uh, raising four boys, man. That's, that's right. I took that out of there. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> as I can see one now getting his homework done, you know, or home rule, uh, homeschooling and doing all sorts of stuff during this pandemic. So, sure. no, so your question, what, what I have thought that... Uh, it, I would be where I'm at today, I think was the question, right? Yeah, correct. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's, um, you know, I certainly hope so. I, as you know, Dan, I'm a, I'm a planner. This thing is with me uh, pretty much everywhere I go. If you find me, uh, you know, unless it's a social event, my, my black journal is with me. Um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a thinker. Uh, as an only child growing up in Mattoon, Illinois, small town in the east central part of Illinois, you know, being an only child, I would say things like I'm bored. And my parents would say, well, that's, you know, that's not okay. You can't be bored. And my mom would go get the old TV trays. If you remember those back in the day, my, my oh, dad yeah. would grab paper and they'd say, draw your dream house. And here I was like being an architect at 12 years old. And so I don't know. It just, I don't know if they meant to do that or if it just happened, but I've, I've constantly uh, been a dreamer, you know, my whole life and, and always thinking about the personal side, the professional side, our community uh, for just for other people. And, and so I don't know, man, it's, it's a, it's a great question. I, I hoped for success. I hoped if I showed up every day that good things would happen. And, and we've been very lucky, uh, over the last you know 19, almost 20 years. Oh, that's amazing. That's well, it's, it's funny you point out that journal. Cause look what I've got right here. Right? <laughs> ah, so, that's awesome. so you talk about that with all of us, but you, at least you've got one listener, somebody yeah. who's paying attention. But it's amazing how many of these things are floating around now. I see people walking around them and using them and it's, it's great because you put all your thoughts in one spot and I've got, I don't know, since August of 2005, I've been doing that exercise and strategic think time. It's something I do every week without fail. And it's just me and a journal and a, and a pen and I'm writing down, I'm dreaming, I'm thinking, strategizing. And, and it's, it's fun because now from August of 05 to here we are, May of 2020, 
uh, coming up on 15 years of doing that every year between Christmas and New Year's, I read these journals. And yeah. so it's neat to go back now 15 years and see what I was thinking about then. And it's amazing, right? Things that used to scare you that don't scare me now. But then I put them on paper, the things today that scare the daylights out of me. Hopefully in 15 years, I'll look back at that and laugh and say, gosh, I can't believe that scared me. It's a, it's a good point because you're saying how many parents right now are at home with their kids? We're in just an interesting time, right? And they're saying, the kids are sitting there saying, I'm bored. And you know, your advice. So you said, draw your dream house. That's what your parents would tell you. What are some yeah. other things that they would tell you to think about and draw? Because I think if you can start that at a young age and that can stay with you throughout your life, you wake up, you know, to be 40, 41 and where Brett Gilliam's at, right? Yeah. I think it, 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 I don't know, for some reason, it's just a very vivid memory in my mind of going back and drawing dream houses. I mean, I could, you know, I'm sure at their house, being an only child, again, your parents saved just about everything. And so, um, it, it wasn't ever like, oh, did, like the, oh, you're dreaming too big or something like that. They would say more of, Hey, did, did you draw your basketball court? Like, do you want, and so then I would design this basketball court and, you know, it'd have like a, a logo or whatever in the middle of the, uh, you know, half court. And, yeah. and it was always just kind of taking it that next step. But then also, you know, being an only child, I was around adults a lot. And so I can remember vividly my parents having a Christmas party with my dad's team and everybody would come over and it wasn't like, Hey, get out of here, kid and go upstairs. It was more like, I, I found myself sitting in the family room having a conversation with some of these people. And, awesome. and so while if you ask my fraternity brothers in college, they'd say, man, that guy's immature. <laughs> they may be right. But it also was the fact that I was, I was talking to people at a young age about things that probably 12-year-olds weren't talking about. And for some reason, I still to this day love to do that, hence the podcast, hence what I do for a living at Visionary. We just love talking to people and helping them achieve their goals and their dreams. And it's just, it's just part of my DNA. It's what I love to do. Oh, that's freaking awesome. Well, one of the things we're talking about a lot with people right now is how do we stay positive? That's been a big theme that I've had with, with my clients. And, you know, we're at home. You maybe have two working parents. You've got, uh, we're teachers, we're daycare providers. We're doing all this stuff. And I think it's easy to slip into you. You turn on the TV and you've got seven out of the eight stations on coronavirus and what's going on in the world and all this negative news out there. What are you personally doing to stay positive and keep your family positive? Yeah, I mean, number one, we don't have the, the TV on. I mean, so I think if you were to ask my kids and my wife and myself, I mean, unless it was a Netflix show that I may get to start watching at 1030 once the day's wound down, we don't have the news on. You know, I, I don't, I don't and maybe people will think this is crazy, but you know, I, I get my news, right? I get my sources. I'm informed. Our team is informed. We understand the coronavirus. We understand what's going on. We understand the stay at home orders. We, we get that, but I'm not watching the news, right? I, I don't look at it on social media. I scroll right through that stuff. And so number one, I think you got to eliminate the negative person. Uh, you joke with me sometimes, Dan, you've heard me say this so many times, but feed the positive dog, right? You probably knew what I was going to say right there. Yeah. And for me, that's what it has to become. I have to feed this positive dog. And how do I do that? Well, it's reading great books, right? Shameless plug for my buddy, John O'Leary, but uh, In Awe came out yesterday. Phenomenal book, right? I've read three, almost now four books during this quarantine. I have to feed the positive dog. So instead of going listen to some governor's deal or, or president's deal, no matter what, I don't want it to get into politics, but I just don't listen to it right? Because both sides are, are crazy and it's just, it's nuts. And I think we got to feed the positive dog. So it's getting up in the morning and reading 10 pages. It's 
you know, doing stuff like this, this Sunday planning sheet that I have. And it's, what are your big three goals for the week? You know, I want to connect with this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And then what's the miscellaneous, the little things, you know, I got to change a light bulb or I need to change the, the, the fridge filters. And it's just the little highlights and check boxes throughout the week that I feel a sense of accomplishment when I get those things done, right? Yeah. Any psychologist would tell you, we feel happier when we see a sense of progression, right? If you see something being a fitness person, if you see that six pack of abs showing up, well, then it makes you go do things more often, right? It helps yeah. you maybe not have that cheeseburger or that piece of pizza. And it's no different than anything. If I see this yellow highlight, and this just works for me, maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but you can see right there, light bulbs is highlighted. As dumb as that sounds, it was something on my list. I got it done. It then energized me to find some more things to do around the house. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've been hearing you say that positive dog. I had a practice builder with you, you know, seven or eight years ago and you've been talking yeah. about that. Right. And there's an old folktale about that. Right. You know, the young boy's talking to the old elder and he's you know, telling the story about the two wolves, the good wolf and the bad wolf. And he said, well, which one's going to win? And he said, whichever one you feed. Right. That's right. And, uh, and that's probably where that came from. I don't know, but it's just feeding the positive dog on a daily basis and you've got to consistently do it, right? You yeah. get to consistently do it. So I think that's, well, I think if I can interrupt too, I think it's who you yeah. surround yourself with too. And, you know, my parents, again, to keep going back to that, who you, the books you read and the people you surround yourself with as, as a kid, you know, if there's any kids listening to this, your parents are going to say that and it's going to annoy you when you're a child, but you're going to grow up and it's so true, right? If, if you're around winners, there's a better likelihood you're going to be a winner. If you're around losers, there's a better likelihood you're going to be a loser, right? And so, you know, it's talking to people like you. It's the people that we get to surround ourselves with a visionary. I mean, we're lucky to be around a lot of positive people. But if you notice in your, in your everyday life, especially during this, how are you doing today? Oh, it's just, you know, another day, another coronavirus day. You know, it's like, oh, great. Boom. I'm checked out. I've moved on, right? You don't yeah. have to be mean. You don't have to be disrespectful. But it's choose to spend your time with people that are going to bring you up. Well, because that goes into the next question. What I was going to ask is, what does this situation make possible for you? If you said, hey, three months ago, you've got all this time with your family. You've got now potential to do new business ideas, things like that. You see, you see different people going different ways. Like you said, some people were kind of moping around and saying, oh, it's another coronavirus day versus I think people like yourself are saying, what does this make possible? And what can I do now that I couldn't do three months ago? Yeah. So for you, what has it made possible? Yeah, one, it's given me a lot more time to think. And I think that people will say, well, I mean, what's, what's that allow you to do? Well, if you sit down with an hour and a blank piece of paper, I think you will find an hour of thinking will expand your mind to places you never thought possible. So number one, it's allowed me to think more. Why is that? Well, I'm not going to work all day, meetings, meeting, hey, you got a minute, another meeting, lunch, uh, run home and run to a baseball game and you know get home at 930 at night and crazy, try to get everybody to bed, right? That's been eliminated. So it's allowed me more time to think, which therefore has allowed me more time to create. So uh, again, I'm a big believer. Our firm mission is to help people achieve a future greater than their past. And if I can do that by doing things like this today with you, that gives me time freed up that we can help somebody, right? Whether there's a million people or 10 people that listen to this, if one person gets one nugget, we win, right? We win, we hit our mission. And so it's allowed me to do things like this, uh, it's allowed me to create, you know, my podcast comes out every Monday. It's 45 minutes. You and I have talked about this. That's a, that's a commitment. And especially at a time like this, when you're doing the homeschooling, the daycare and all the stuff you're talking about. Well, now I've created this thing on Fridays that comes out. It's one question with one business leader to give you one nugget that'll help you to achieve a future greater than your past, right? I probably wouldn't have thought about that if the busyness of life has gone on. I've also been able to go back 
and learn from some great people that I have the privilege to interview every week and say, okay, that person was really inspiring. What did I take away from that? I take my notes and then you have an article written about it, right? So my childhood hero was Ozzy Smith playing baseball. I got to interview Ozzy for an hour and a half. Well, what are the six things I took away from that? How does that apply to financial planning and investments? And then now you create an article because some people want to watch it, some people want to listen to it, and some people want to read it. And now if I can create all of those, again, I'm living out my mission is to help you achieve a future greater than your past. You're already tired of hearing it, but that's the point, right? No, it's, it's good. No, it's good. You talk a lot about think time and I think it's great. You, you joke about that, that you, know, you tell people about it and they're not going to do it. No, so if somebody's, yeah, if somebody's sitting out there and they're saying, okay, think time is great, right? That makes sense. But then you get, you get into your think time and nothing comes to mind, nothing, you know, you don't jot anything down. How would you, how would you tell people on, you know, what advice would you give them on how to get started in that? Well, number one, I think we all have it, uh, less of it now, windshield time, right? We're, we're driving, we're, you know, or you're laying in bed, or you're doing something, you're washing the dishes, and, and all of a sudden something comes to your mind. What do you norm, what do most people normally do with that information? Nothing. They, they think about, yeah, but nothing, right? They think about it for a millisecond, and then it, it evaporates from their mind. It's gone. They may never think about it again, or it'll come up six months from now. So if I, so I think it's a step before the step, right? So, so what I do, this is my friend, my iPhone. I would say, hey, Siri, and then she would pop up and listen. And I'd say, remind me to think about A, B, C, D uh, next week, right? And so then it, it's always on my list. And so I just start to build this list of things that I want to think about, things that I want to do. And then when I go to my strategic think time, I pull up my black journal here and I look for things, you know, I look back at the last couple pages. If something's not on my mind right then, I will then go here, look at my Siri deal, and then I will find the thing. I will write down the question and then I will just go layer after layer, the question behind the question. And That's next awesome. thing you know, an hour, hour and a half goes by. So awesome. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, again, it's to build that list. But then once you get into the practice of doing it, Brad, I'm sure it gets a lot easier. Initially, right, somebody says, hey, you're going to write a book and how the heck am I going to write? But then you start to get into it again and it just gets, it gets way easier. So, yeah. so here's one on, on April 14th. I said, you know, what can I do to be uh, per, as a, what can I do professionally to be a great leader during quarantine? Pretty logical question, right? Well, now there's here. six things that I've written down of things that I need to do to be a better leader during this quarantine time. Sure. Love it. And Love one of them's be okay when your kid comes in. I can't <laughs> tell how many times I've been on a Zoom call and my kid comes in. I'm like, normally I'd have been like, oh my gosh. But now it's like, this is totally acceptable and totally cool. That's normal. That's right. So one of the things I love about you is you've got this huge growth mindset and I do as well. And I, there's that saying, right? We're either growing or we're dying. And uh, you know, where, for you, where does that mindset come from? And why do you choose to grow daily? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. And I think that what's the alternative? If I don't grow, what, what's, the, what's the alternative? Right? I, I go mean, backwards. Dying, right? I, 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 I die. I go backwards. I don't live my dreams. I mean, I think um, I heard a long, long time ago, when you know your why, any house possible. And there's a lot of ways to say that saying. But for me, that's the one that always stuck is when you know your why, any house possible. And so I know my why right? I know the things that I want to do. Um, I've been very clear with that. I mean, I've got a stack probably this big of, you know, those that are listening, it's, it's probably two foot tall of year after year of business plans of what is my goal? What are my dreams, right? What are my five-year goals, my 10-year goals, and what's the ultimate goal, right? And so, I have those things. 
And they are so clear to me uh, in my mind. I can literally see them, right? And, and I can see them in my mind. And it's not from an arrogant standpoint. It's from a, because I've spent so much time with them. And if that why is critically important to me, then, then why would I not get up and go try to make something happen, right? Why would I choose to not do that? Because it is a choice, right? At the end of the day, who has to choose winning, you or who else? Well, yep. I, you know, I can't go do something for Dan, Laura, and your family, right? You, you got to do it, right? Sure. And so these are my dreams. It's not Dan saying, Brett, here are your dreams. Go make these happen. Well, if you work in an environment like that, or that's the way it works in your world, you're never going to achieve your dreams. If somebody else is giving you the dream, it's never going to happen. But the clearer I am on my dreams, then it, just those, those things allow me to get up and go have that growth mindset because I want those things. Sure. Right? Well, yeah, talk to the person right now who doesn't have goals, Brad. I mean, you're, you're a huge goal person. I know that. Again, for me, I've got my goals that I'm working on as well. And I use something called the 12-week year. And I love that just breaking it down over a quarterly basis versus a full year because if we miss a week on a 12-week year, we're struggling. But if we miss right. it in a whole year, you can give yourself a break. But just talk about the, the goal setting and how you go through that and, and how it's allowed you to achieve a lot of things in your life. Yeah, I have a saying that uh, I say to myself and to a lot of other people, you've probably heard me say it is ADT, ADT, ask, don't tell. Sure. So I ask people, but I also ask myself a lot of questions. And again, I, I hate to keep going back to this journal, Dan, but that's, it just is so much part of my life that it, it, goal setting for me comes back to what's important, right? In my mind's eye, what do I want to see happen? So let me paint a picture for you. So if, if you ask me, what is my number one goal in life? And it is to have a, a beach house at watercolor on 30A down in Florida. Okay. Somebody listen to this probably saying, you know, what, what a jerk. He wants a beach house. Well, no, no, no. I believe you need to have anywhere from 10 to 20 reasons why you want to have, you know, quote unquote, that beach house. And for me, it is the, the restaurant that I go to every time we go down there. The first lunch is at the same spot. The last lunch is at the same spot. The ice cream spot during the week is at the same spot. We were looking and dreaming about it last night, my 14-year-old and I on the iPad. I said, look at this house. I'm not buying a house right now, but I'm in my mind picturing where that house will be. And he said, where's that one? And I was able to tell him, remember if we go by this bridge and then the tennis courts are on the left, it's like two houses from there, right? And again, that may not mean anything to anybody, but for me, I want to create these memories with my kids, with my grandkids, with my friends. I want to be able to say, Dan Laurie, go, right? Take the keys and go to Florida. I want to be able to do that. But if I don't wake up each day and have daily goals, monthly, quarterly, yearly goals, that end result won't be there. And again, it's not so I can say, hey, Dan, look at me. I've got a house in Florida. I could care less about that. But what I do care about is when my kids are going to be in college and they want to bring their friends to spring break and you know their mom and I go down there and meet them or they come back with their kids after the fact and now we're telling their kids when Max and, and Drew and Hudson and Asher were, you know, that big, this is where we had ice cream, right? And just setting those memories, right? And so for me, that's my why. That's my why. That's why I do what I do. And I'm extremely clear on that, right? There's pictures of it set around. There's stickers of 30A around my office, around home. It's a constant reminder of why I want to do what I want to do. And again, the clearer I am on that. So to, back to your question is I would ask the listener right now that doesn't have those goals, what do you want? And then the initial reaction is, I don't know. Well, then the, the, the follow-up question is, well, if you had to know, what would you want? Right? So sure. eliminate that, right? If my kids tell me, I don't know, I say, 
well, I don't know doesn't work. Like that's not an answer. And then it makes them think a little bit deeper, right? So most people, we just scratch the surface, but the more you journal and think, you start to peel that onion layer back, right? The deeper you go. So if you say, I don't know, well, okay, great. I appreciate that answer, but I don't know doesn't work. So if you had to know, what would it be? Yeah, you're just, you're so clear on that, right? You just, you spit it off on the top of your head. I mean, you don't even have to look down at what's my goal sheet or anything like that. You know, again, for me, I can tell you, you know, our, our next house is going to be probably on one of two streets or one of two subdivisions. You know, what it's going to look like. We've got that detailed out, right? We've been driving around subdivisions. It's going to back up to a park. Your kids can walk to the school, right? Yeah. And so why do I know that though? Because we've talked about it. it. But you talk about it. Yeah. So that's another big thing. Sorry to hog that there, but I know that about Dan Laurie because you've told me that and you're extremely clear on it. So when somebody knows this, listen to this and they feel that watercolor house or they feel their new house on this street behind this park, you got to go public with it. Sure. Right. You got to go public. And then again, you got now the audience that never thinks about it, right? Because it's not their deal. But, but again, right. you've gone public with it and then you just got to go make it happen. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. So then, you know, you're big on routine, right? I'm big on routine. You're big on routine. But how do you, how do you, you know, stick to that schedule of, okay, you go into your office, you shut your door, you've got your social media post you've got your journal that you do, you've got your book reading. So you're extremely routine. And I think for me, you know, it gives me a sense of peace of mind, a sense of accomplishment every single day. Some people might look at it and say, hey, that's mundane and boring. But for you, what does your routine do daily? And why do you, why do, you do it every day? Yeah. And you know, I do a lot of speaking and coaching and that's the number one thing. I, I call it focus 90, as you know, and the first 90 minutes of the day, if you can create a plan in your first 90 minutes that allows you to go out and win the day, then the rest of the day can just happen. You know, I got so tired of, of you know, leading an organization and, and kids and, you know, doing financial planning, all these things. And yet you get done with your day. If any of the listeners are like this, you get done with your day. You were like, my gosh, I was really, really busy, but I didn't accomplish anything. Right. And so I get tired of that. I'm busy. Great. I'm busy, but I wasn't accomplishing what I really needed, the most important things. And so for me, that, that focus 90, that habit, that ritual, uh, for me, allows me to control the day, right? That people know, like, you probably just don't walk in. Not that I care, they can come in, but they just know because now they're starting to do it as well, right? That first 90 minutes is critically important for all of us. And I will tell you, most people will come up with every reason under the sun of why they can't spend the first 90 minutes of their day doing what they need to do to be successful. Well, you don't understand, Brett, I've got this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, we all have things, right? And I think you just have to choose to make it a priority. And that email, whether you respond at eight o'clock or at 930, is that really life-changing? Now, does that mean every single day you're like a robot and that one important email comes in at eight o'clock and you, you don't respond because it's not until night? No, of course not. I'm not saying that. But if out of, you know, 20, whatever there is, say there's 22 work days in a month, if I can do that 17 days of the month, who has a better likelihood of winning? If I do it 17 days where I control my morning and control my day and you do it three times a month, who's going to win? Over time, you. Over time, me, right? You, yeah. To your point, you may get lucky and do something this month and it may happen. You win. Congratulations. But I think most people listening to this type of stuff, they want long-term sustainable success. And to do something day in and day out, it's no different than exercise, right? Sure. And yeah, I would encourage you to do the toughest things first too. I've had Shelby, who's my assistant working on reaching out to one client a day, just to introduce herself, get them, you know, used to her voice, you know, how are you guys doing? 
things like that. And, and it's a little bit uncomfortable for her initially. So I just yeah. said, Hey, put it on the calendar. It's the first thing you do and it'll be the toughest thing you do all day. But then after that, it's, you know, it's easy breezy. We don't have to right. worry about it. So That's I just right. encourage people do the toughest things first, the things that you don't want to do, because then you push them off at the end of the day and that phone gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So that's right. Absolutely right. Yeah, that's good. So then talk to me about reading. So you're a huge reader these days. You know, 10 years ago, you didn't used to be, right? You always talked about you'd pick a book up, you'd start it, then put it back down without finishing it. And it's been interesting to see that growth for you over time where, you know, you read 25 plus bucks, books a year now. So yeah. tell me about that. Why is that important? Um, I think it's important for a couple things. One is it's the discipline to accomplish something, right? So some days, 10 pages a day are really easy. And sometimes it's, it's really difficult. But if I can, again, start my day, and I'm still doing that when this quarantine, as I start it in the morning, I read my 10 pages. And so it's just that sense of accomplishment, it's something little, right? It's no different than, sure. I can't remember the general that talks about it. And we do this every single morning. Um, it's a rule in our house. The last person out of the bed has to make the bed, but you can't do anything else until the bed's made. Right. And so it's that simple yeah. sense of like, I got it done. It's very little, but it's really big in the big scheme of things. Right. So sense of accomplishment, number one, number two, uh, feeding the positive dog, which we talked about. So I don't need to belabor that point. I'm, I'm reading, I'm putting good stuff in my mind because you know, we wake up in the morning. That's when we're the most anxious, the most things running through our mind. Maybe our heart's racing a little bit. We just need to calm down. Well, I'm feeding the positive dog, which is, you know, I don't, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what all it's doing, but I would assume clinically or psychologically, it's doing something very positive in my mind. It's releasing endorphins, which is allowing me to be in a better state of mind when I have to choose, you keep hearing me say that word, when I have to choose to go in my office and make the choice to do A, B, C, and D, the hard things, right? So it sure. allows me to do that. But I wrote this down. This is on May uh, 16, 2019 the first page in this journal. And um, I wrote, if, if I told you to read um, 36,500 pages, how would you feel? Terrible. Be really hard, right? Be extremely hard. What if I said, Dan, read 10 pages a day? How would you feel? It's easy. I can do it. You can do it, right? So sure. 10 pages a day is around 20 to 25 books a year. Or each book, you know, mindset type books are around 200 to 210 pages. So I'll read around 25 pages. I'll read 3,650 pages, right? 10 a day. In three years, that's 10,950 pages. It's about 60 books. In five years, it's 18,250 pages. It's 100 books. And in 10 years, there's your 36,500 pages. It's around 200 books in the next 10 years. So again, I asked the question, Dan, if you read 200 books and I read five, doesn't guarantee success but it's one part of it. Who has a better likelihood of success? You or me? I think you. No, you did. You I read the 200 you. books. I read oh, the I read the 200 books. books. I, yeah. I know that. I, I, don't, I don't think I know, Brett. Right. I'm a big proponent of reading too. I mean, just even the, the 10 books I've read over the last four or five months, the decision to hire my staff member and some of the decisions we've made from a growth mindset, it's completely changed my trajectory. So yeah. why would you not feed that side of your brain? Yeah, no, I agree. And so for me, it's, it's just that, that, that choice of picking up a book and reading it and getting it into your mind. It's amazing what it does for the endorphins and the, sure. the way I think and the ideas I get, the things I learn from people that have failed. Um, it just, for me, it's an absolute no brainer. And this comes from a guy, my, my wife was just teasing me the other day. She was asking me about some book and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, you didn't read that as a kid? I'm like, this is embarrassing. I didn't read any books as a kid. And, um, and so, no, I didn't grow up a reader. I, I couldn't stand reading. 
um, but for something it got into my body and just that, that 10 pages a day, that was very manageable to me. I used to look at a book and say, how in the heck am I going to read that? Right. Yeah. No different sure. than if you asked, you know, John, who was on here this week, John Fisher, how you run a marathon. That's overwhelming to me. Well, it's, it's one step at a time, right? It's one sure. page at a time. It's 10 pages at a time, right? So then what's the best book over the last year? Maybe you held it up earlier in awe, but is what's the best book you've read in the last year? Yeah, I'll give you a few. So in all, and I'm not just saying that because John is a, is a great St. Louis guy, but in all was a phenomenal book. Um, I would say uh, Silent Alarm by John Blumberg was a phenomenal book. Um, Sleep Smarter, which I thought was going to be, you know, set on my desk for years because I thought how, how good can a book about sleep be? Uh, but it was phenomenal. I think you've read that. Yeah. Um, you know, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod is great. You know, one of my favorite books of all time is The Rhythm of Life by Matthew Kelly. Sure. Um, you know, these are all just great books that I think you need to read. I, and I would say, I know you talk a lot about kids stuff, but I've been doing something with my children. These are all at simpletruths.com. So simpletruths.com. And these are real easy to read books. And I'm doing this with my, my now 10 year old. He and I started doing these when he was eight. This one is a peacock in the land of penguins. Uh, it's a story about courage and creating a land of opportunity. And it's like how it's okay to be the peacock in a land of penguins when you're different right? You look different, wow. you talk different, you walk different. And, and again, if I can get that into my 10 year old's mindset, um, you know, he's reading these things all the time. And so uh, that's been a fun thing to do with the kids as well. That's amazing. Yeah. The one that I read most recently that I love is know what you're for. And uh, you know, again, just, just going through that, what do you want to be known for? And then what are you known for? And making sure those two things align. I mean, it's, uh, it's fascinating. It's this pastor down south who started this church and now they've got a following of 5,000 people, was really involved wow. with Chick-fil-A. So he references that a lot. It's been, a, been an awesome book. But, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask some questions around, Brad, are some of the things you've struggled with because you and I, you know, we struggle with some similar things. And, um, you know, one of them I think is for you is fitness, right? That's something you've had a challenge with over time and it hasn't yeah. been hasn't been easy for you. So for those people out there that say, Hey, you know, all this stuff just seems easy to Brett and he, you know, everything he touches turns to gold, yada, yada, all that stuff. Well, there's, there's things that, that Brett and I struggle with. And I think the second one will really hit home with some people, but talk to me about fitness. Why has it been a struggle? And then what have you done to overcome that? I always joke, Dan, I'm like the duck on water, man. I may look smooth on top, but I'm going crazy underneath, right? It's, right. It's, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, man. You're right. There's, there's, a, there's struggles that we all deal with. And I, and I think if anybody wants to tell you it's just all smooth sailing, they're full of it, right? I mean, yeah. we all struggle with things and, and some more than others. But yeah, I mean, for me, um, thankfully, I, I, I guess I have good genes. I've stayed thin, um, but I will say that I'm, I'm very, very active but I don't thoroughly enjoy exercise and working out. Uh, I've tried to be this guy, hence I read the book Miracle Morning. I've tried to be this guy that gets up at five in the morning and works out. And, and quite frankly, I feel terrible after I work out. Literally, I feel like I want to get sick. I don't feel well. I'm like, oh, this, this, this sucks, right? I just don't yeah. want to do it. Um, you know, then at night, I, don't, I can't do it because I've got, you know, 19 kid activities to run to. And then you find, you know, a week goes by and you haven't done anything. So for me, it does go back to, though, setting little goals. Uh, I was very transparent in our, in our, you know, Visionary University yesterday. You know, I set a goal to run a mile six different times and then follow that up with a 25-minute workout. Well, I did it, I think it was uh, three or four times last week, right? Four times, I believe. And I didn't hit my goal of six. So then I beat myself up over it. Well, then I set the goal this week. 
to, to do run one mile three times this week minimally with the 25-minute workout. I did it uh, yesterday. I ran 1.1 uh, 1 mile. I walked 1.3 mile, and I did my strength workout. I didn't do anything Monday. Um, I, now, I went on a three-and-a-half-mile walk, but I still didn't get my quote-unquote exercise in. So I'm very active, but it's just something I struggle with because I don't enjoy it. So I've had to find ways um, to do that. This quarantine has really helped me from a standpoint of I jump on a conference call I think better when I walk around. So even if I'm in my office on the phone, I'm walking around. So during this time, I've probably walked four to seven miles a day every day because I'll get on this phone, get on my headset, and I'm out. And I just walk around. And I'll walk for an hour and a half, two hours. Or maybe I'll walk for 30 minutes here, an hour here. And it just happens. But, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm, I'm inspired by guys like you, man, that make it a priority. And you guys get up at, you know, four or five in the morning, whatever you guys do and do it. I just, I'm not that guy, but I will tell people that struggle with it as well. Don't beat yourself up over it. Right. I, I've yeah. done that my whole life of, well, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. It's find what you enjoy and then just stay active, right? Focus on getting yeah. 10,000 steps a day. And maybe it's chasing your kids around the yard. Don't beat yourself up over the fact that you don't weigh X or you don't have this muscle showing and you know, you just, you got to stay active and then you got to stretch um, you know, do those things. I want to be limber when I'm older. So I focus on stretching. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's kind of ranting now, but yeah. And I think everybody's got a little bit of a different brilliance, right? Mine, I think morning routine, I'm probably better than most, right. To get up and to do my workout and do, do all those things. But I just, for me, that's how my best days begin. And, and, um, you know, I struggle if I don't do it, I'm not nearly as good, but then, you know, I could look at it and say, Brett, how the hell do you journal an hour a day? Sure. Because I struggle with that. And I'm terrible, right? It's, I think it's just a different brilliance, but it's understanding yourself and you're constantly working to get better. That's yeah. more so what I want to point out. Yeah, I think and I exercise my mind more than I exercise my heart and my body. Right? Sure. And I don't think one is better than the other, right? I mean, you have a great mind and a terrible heart, you're done, right? You have a great heart, but your mind's terrible, you're done. So I think for me, it's just staying active on both of them. So I may not have the fitness that you have from a workout standpoint, but I would, I would challenge my, my movement, meaning my steps and all that kind of stuff with anybody because I'm, I'm very active with my kids. I'm very active just in life. I don't like to sit still and sit down. I think that's important. Sure. And one thing you referenced too was the duck analogy. And I say that a lot about myself, right? It's we're, right. you know, we're calm on top, but we're going crazy underwater. So you were actually the first person that I talked to about anxiety, right? So that's something yeah. that you and I struggle with. And you would, you would never know it uh, sitting here hearing us to talk. But at the same time, it's just something that, you know, I get put in a social situation. Um, you know, I've got to interview somebody, whatever it is, usually socially for me, I, sh I struggle with and I've, you know, I've overcome it because I don't let it, you know, I don't let the fear keep me from doing something. And so right. for you, how, how does that manifest? And then what do you, what have you done to overcome it over time? Um, well, one, uh, I, I will tell you, so I, I was a kid, anybody that would happen to listen to this that grew up with me knows I was a very, very nervous kid. I would get sick before basketball games. I would get, you know, anything to do anything. I was nervous and getting sick. Right. And it's just this anxiety of, of feelings that you have inside your body. And so until I quote unquote went public with it, I think it was in August of 08, I struggled my whole life with it. And I started telling people about nerves and I wouldn't be real, real transparent. So I'd have to be pretty close to the person or it just would come up. I'd start to tell people. And what I found was more people dealt with it than I ever thought possible. I thought I was the only guy on earth that dealt with this anxiety, you know, and I was getting to a point in my career with some success. 
I was having to t- start to speak a little bit at, at meetings and it could be a meeting of 10 people. It could be a meeting of, you know, I, I spoke in front of, I think it was 3,500 people one time and I, I was scared to death, right? I mean, I literally went to the bathroom out the door and got sick uh, before that. And then you get up on stage and you do it and you do your thing and you get off and you're like, whoa, that felt great. But leading up to it was, was terrible. And so for me, uh, it really came down to one, talking about it with people, right? Sharing my vulnerability, being transparent, knowing that I had this weakness, because I think a lot of us, I know I'm guilty of this, we do want to act like we're the duck all the time on top of the water, right? Sure. Oh man, I got this, right? I don't want you to know the, the hell I just went through to get on that stage, but, but so you got to do it. And so um, number one, it was writing things down. It was thinking about it. It was going public and talking to people about it. But I would say the, the biggest thing that I, I have done well with it is I didn't run from it. Um, you know, I could have easily have said no to the things, right? I could have easily said no to speaking engagements and, and just, I don't want to do it, right? Nobody would have shamed me for that, but I did it anyway. So it's the, the old book, Face the, or Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I felt the fear, I felt the anxiety, and I did it anyway. Um, sure. My wife was also very instrumental with this. She was supportive, but yet challenging, right? you're going to be okay. This is anxiety that, you know, and, and so we would talk about it and she wouldn't coddle me. It was more of challenging me to get through it, right? Go to the other side. And I don't want to sit here and say, now I've got it all figured out. I mean, I was, I wasn't sick nervous, but I mean, you know, you get a little butterflies in your stomach before even something like this today. Right. Sure. And it's just, I think if you don't get somewhat nervous, you don't care. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with that. Right. If I go to a, a yeah. big golf match with some of my buddies and we're talking trash, right? I get that that drive, that discipline, that, that those butterflies in my system. I want to get that, that back. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but, and I would say the yeah. other one, I would say a big one is for me is meditation. And most yeah. men especially don't want to talk about meditation. Um, I use either the, the app, um, oh, I use the Peloton app now, the, 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 but the, uh, Headspace, Headspace is the app I use for years. And again, for me, right, I'm getting going now, I'm talking fast, my heart's racing, but it's like, slow down, take deep breaths, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you're, you know, I used to have to do five minutes only because I would go crazy after five minutes. But it's just amazing when you focus on your breath and you take purposeful deep breaths, like if somebody listening right now just takes one or two big deep breaths, you'll feel a lot different, right? Your heart rate lowers, yeah. your energy is, is more, uh, you know, subdued. So anyway, that's, you know, high level. That's what's helped me. No, I think that's great. So you talk to people, you don't run from it. Don't let it keep you from doing things. The meditation, you turned me on to Headspace. I love that app. The, uh, the one thing David Goggins would say, right? Wrote the book, Can't Hurt Me, is you callous your mind. I think mm. once you don't run from it and you do it, you know more and more, I can get through this, right? And, I, and it's amazing. So well, I think- funny, you know, I've never thing- read that book. I've heard, everybody I've heard say anything about that book, they absolutely love it. And I, I always draw a circle. And I write CZ, comfort zone, right in the middle of the circle. Yeah. And I think so many of us, we go right to the edge, right, of our comfort zone. And then it gets really difficult and painful. So then we turn around and we come back to the middle. And you build that callus, right? Yeah. So what I tell people, well, if that didn't work the first or second time, maybe try going this way, right? Try going that way. And then all of a sudden, oh, now my comfort zone just got a little bit bigger. And then you do it again, right? And then your comfort zone gets bigger. And now what used to be one of my biggest fears on earth, you know, public speaking is now one of my favorite things to do. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. I did a workout the other day. I'm doing this 30 day challenge through CrossFit. Uh, this guy's put some videos on YouTube and I looked at the workout. So I, this is probably the area where I callous my mind most and I'm challenging myself more 
more for business. Uh, but anyway, so, so in this workout, I saw it and it said 200 burpees. So you, you do a hundred burpees, you run two miles and then you do another hundred burpees. So 200 burpees and run two miles. And, uh, that gives me anxiety. Yeah. Initially (laughs) I said, there's no freaking way I can do this. And then I said, you know what? I've been working out pretty consistently. I like to challenge myself. Let's see if we can do it. Right. We callous our mind. So I get 50 in. I'm said, I've got another 50. So I do it run the two miles and come back. And the last 30 were pretty tough, but I, but I did it right. And so, so now it's 50, I'm just, 50, bur- no, hundred burpees, hundred burpees, two miles, two miles, then another hundred burpees. Whew. And we're talking the burpees where you get down in the plank, do a push yeah. up, come back up. Those are those types of burpees. So it's uh, but again, going back to the Goggins, you callous your mind. The, the more you do things, the more you challenge yourself and the better you get. So, so yeah, uh-huh. last question here. So somebody hears this recording they hear all these great ideas, right? Because there's gold in this. I, you know, listening to this, there's millions of ideas or millions of dollars worth of ideas here if you take them and implement it. I truly believe that. So what do you hope somebody does after hearing this recording? Um, that's a great question. And I would, I would answer it this way. Is one, I, I hope that you listen to the recording and know this comes from a, a place of somebody that has come from central Illinois and you know, I, I didn't grow up in St. Louis and, and it's a hundred percent of what we talk about has been a choice. Um, and I say come from central Illinois, meaning I moved to a location that wasn't home. Right. So I believe if, if you put in your mind of the things that you want to accomplish it, that, that you want to accomplish, when you believe those things, you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. Um, but I will also say is you have to be open to the idea what I love to say is open to the idea of slowing down to speed up. Okay. I, you know, we run a company that's in what, four or five states, you know, six, seven locations, you know, advisors all over the place. I mean, I'm, I'm really busy in my day, right? Whether it's talking to clients, talking to advisors, people that want to come join our firm. It, it's all day, every day is non, even during quarantine. I'm just as busy now as I was, you know, pre-quarantine. And so, and then you, then you, put on top of that four kids. And I'm saying this again, not to say, oh, look at me and how busy I am. I'm saying is don't give yourself the excuse of I'm too busy or I can't do that or I have too much kid stuff going on. You know, we have right now 25, 25 classes a day. And thank God I've got a saint upstairs. It's already super mom. And now she's a PhD super mom managing all this stuff. But life is crazy. And I hope that you hear that all of this has been very strategic by one little black journal, right? That you can go buy at Barnes and Noble. I don't care if it's this one or any black, just have a spot where you can go write your thoughts, your dreams, your aspirations, your failures, your successes, celebrate. That's all that goes in here, right? It's not Dan Laurie meeting notes going here. This is my stuff. And if you can slow down and don't give yourself the excuse that I'm too busy, do it at night, do it in the morning, do it during the day, schedule it. I did it. You can ask my assistant, Robin. I did it for a number of years from 1 to 2.30 every Thursday without, I mean, I shouldn't say without fail, but mostly without fail. And I think, if, again, to keep belaboring the point, I just, I want people to know that it truly is a choice what you want to achieve. And we all have the same 24 hours a day. People talk about time management. I think that's hogwash. I think it's self-management, right? How can I choose to manage Brett the best to get the most production out of that 24 hours. If it's to be the best dad I can be, if it's to be the best you know, CEO I can be, the best financial planner I can be, the best podcast person, coach, you know, baseball coach for my kids, whatever it is, when you're in that moment, be in that moment, right? Schedule it. 
My calendar takes me everywhere. I know where I need to be because of my calendar. So slow down so you can speed up. Yeah, yeah. I would say think on it, but Brett, I would, I would almost challenge and say the other side is you act on it probably better than 99% of the population out there. So you don't just think on it and put it in a black journal. What you do is then you act on that. Well, I would say here's a perfect example. So this morning I was uh, 7.30 a.m. We had a board meeting. I'm on the St. Louis Sports Commission and it's just a phenomenal board. Uh, Bill DeWitt led off and spoke uh, about the Cardinal stuff. The Blues uh, CEO, Chris Zimmerman, spoke. Uh, and then they had the University of Missouri head football coach, you know, who's new this year, uh, him, him speak. And I thought, man, this is a man of care. I'm not a Mizzou, I like Mizzou basketball, but I, you know, I've not been a perennial follow Mizzou football guy. But this guy was a man of character, a man of values. And I said, this is a guy I got to meet. And I immediately sent him a message and asked him to, to let me interview him. Now, he may say no, but I think to your point is that slowing down to speed up is look for the opportunity. And then that's one of the circuits of success is action. We have to take action, right? God didn't say in the Bible, sit there and pray about it and everything will be given to you. No, it's go work for it, right? Pray, but you got to go do something for it. And I think you're absolutely right. The action is absolutely critical to that thinking part. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, I've got a, I've got a ton of takeaways here, you know, page of notes of all this good stuff. So I hope again, if I can encourage you to do one thing is take one or two ideas from today and then go and implement them. You know, if you implement them, that's what's going to change your life. Not just sitting here and writing it down in a journal, right? It's you've got to go out and act on it. So I would encourage you guys just act on it and, uh, you know, then take another idea after 30 days and, and implement that and continue to implement and keep getting better out there. So thanks yeah. for the time today, Brett. Hey man, great being with you. And Dan, I think too, just for me, and I've watched all your, your episodes of this Zoom stuff and just for all your clients and all the people, I mean, I think it's, you truly are a gift to people. I mean, you could be sitting at home doing the things with your boys and, you know, making some calls here and there, but you're going above and beyond to do the things that are needed. And I think it's, that's what the world needs, right? As people to provide some, uh, as John Krasinski would say, right? Some good news. And uh, I think you're doing that. And uh, it's amazing what you're doing, man. So keep it up. Appreciate that. Thanks, Brett. All right. Have a good day, guys. You too. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 